Hi, I'm Peter Laws. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of Creepy Cove Community Church. You're about to listen to a full church service broadcast from a mysterious haunted fishing town where all horror movies are real. If you prefer to just have the sermon-only version, then that's also available alongside this one in your podcast apps. Tonight, by the way, we're going to have a special guest speaker called Claire Cockrell, and she will be exploring the fascinating topic, Is God Male? But for now, let's skip with abandon across the car park, because church is about to begin. Our church sits in a cold place at the very edge of a windswept cliff Here, we overlook the notorious community of Creepy Cove, a haunted, mysterious fishing town by the sea. It is a place where every horror movie actually happened. We have served the spiritual and spooky needs of the cove for centuries, but now we invite you, our special friend, to join us. So come on in, shake off the rain, because the After Dark service is about to begin. This is Creepy Cove Community Church. We bid you welcome. Ah, look at you all. Look at you all, you wonderful, wonderful human beings and monsters. Good evening, one and all. Welcome to Creepy Cove Community Church, where tonight we are exploring a most intriguing question. Is God male? Now, steady, if here, if you're here tonight expecting a talk entitled, Does God Mail? Then I'm afraid you're in the wrong building. That talk is taking place at the Creepy Cove Postal Department in town, where they are exploring the notion of, well, if God exists, does he ever send a little letter through the post? Does he have a pen pal? Does God ever fill in important forms and seal them with a sturdy yet elegant envelope? These fascinating questions and more will be explored at the talk, Does God Mail? However, here tonight, we are exploring a rather different question, which is, is God male? Which is really quite different. And to be honest, when you go to a church, including this one, you may hear that pronoun bandied around like there's no tomorrow. He, his, him, in reference to God. But we have a guest speaker a little later who will help us discover that perhaps the concept of God might not be so binary as we think. Well, it might be a little bit more complicated, or perhaps we should say more interesting and beautiful than that. Well, let's find out a little bit later. But for now, we're going to move on to Hello, our... Ruben. Oh. Hello, Ruben. Oh, well, look at that. A couple of little nippers from the church come up on stage. Hello there. Come on, why don't you... Come to the microphone. Introduce yourself to the folks. I'm Veronica Dishmilk. Ah, Veronica and Malcolm. How wonderful to have you with us. And of course, you are the progeny of um, one of our Creep Cove patrons. <laughs> so cute. Uh, I noticed, by the way, that you've met some of our other young members here. Charlie McGee, uh, Isaac Croner, um, Danny Torrance up there. I-, I hope you're finding many things in common to uh, talk about, children. <laughs> <laughs> It's rather sinister. I wasn't aware you could levitate so high. Um, Oh, they're coming down. (laughs) Children are most welcome here at the church. Here, have have a little gift. How about a couple of little corn dolls? Little little figures, figurines. Have fun with those. Thank you, children. Let's have our notices. Hmm? What? Well, 
once again, our sincere apologies for the utter debacle and fracas that happened in our toilets in the last service. As those of you present will no doubt remember, Boris Karloff, the local actor and toilet fitter, generously refurbished our latrines, and yet it was a cunning ruse so that he could prank us by firing the filthy bodily detritus out from the toilet bowl. And all over the congregation members who had assumed they were rid of it, they were not. And it was splurted into hair, eyebrow, and mouth. Gums, even. Oh, gosh, let's not go there. Well, why did Boris engage in such cruel leg-pulling escapades? Well, turns out he wanted more followers on TikTok. And sure enough, the videogram of our congregants dripping with uh, fecal matter and heinous tinkle have become what they call infectious and are now sweeping across... Viral. Sorry. They've become viral and the video is sweeping across the globe as we speak. The upshot is more are becoming aware of Creepy Co. through the repellent stunt, but also we ran out of the church's entire yearly supply of Febreze last week, so our apologies to all those who were soiled. Rest assured that Boris has now been instructed by the authorities to fix all of our toilets back to working order. I know some of you are nervous about using them again at the end of the service or indeed throughout. One has to trust at some point, for without trust, how can a society function? So give it a go. Just try and keep your eyes and your mouth closed. Well, speaking of trust, I trust that you will be excited when I announce tonight's special guest, who we will talk to in a moment. You see, uh, well, we have a special treat for you this evening, because we're going to be doing a Zoom. Uh, no, I'm not referring to the ancient Japanese water god Azumi. That ritual is taking place in Creepy Cove Village Hall tonight. No, what I'm talking about is we're simply doing a Zoom video conferencing call to someone who was a regular member here of the church many years ago, but since she left town, well, we haven't seen her since. Oh gosh, I say she left town. Actually, she works off planet, so she left our entire Earth. Yes, I can tell some of you are starting to realize who I'm talking about. Yes, tonight's guest is my beloved niece, Ellen Ripley, <laughs> who is currently serving on board the USCSS Nostromo, which is a big old spaceship floating through the galaxy. And our very own Ellen Ripley started working on board. Uh, she got the appointment when she won a lovely coloring competition in the local newspaper. The prize was a little sneaky visit into space, and she caught the interstellar bug, so to speak. <laughs> well, speaking metaphorically, she was soon hooked on space travel, and has for many years been working out there in the inky black of silent space, where no one can hear you scream, or indeed fart, or uh, make a sinister chicken sound on a warm summer's evening. It's quite a private affair up there. Anyway, she is due to return back to us in Creepy Cove in a mere two weeks' time. But we're excited that through the marvelous technology of the Zoom, we are going to connect with Ripley right away as she tells us about her return. And so, please, uh, Jackson, if you could organize the, uh, the technology. Yes, she's appearing on my screen. There she is. <laughs> Flickering into place. <laughs> Ripley, how marvelous to see you once again. Oh, God, this is a little hot up there, is it, Ripley? You're not wearing a lot. You're in your little pantaloons. Please, could you just raise the camera just a little? Sorry to be prudish. Just your old uncle keeping the Victorian values. Now, Ripley, it's a thrill to see you once again floating around up there in the space. 
But first things first, I can see a little indicator on my screen which tells me you're recording this call. Was that your intention, dear? I'm recording this for you, my sweetheart. Oh, Poppet, what a lovely thing to say. Uh, lovely. May I call you sweetheart in return? Um. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Well, I can see you're perhaps not ready for such reciprocation. Anyway, tell us all. Are you having a wonderful time up there on the Zostromo? Only two more weeks till you ride that sucker back to us here at Creepy Cove. Brenda and I have missed you so, so... There was an accident. Uh, oh, oh, is that why you're not wearing any trousers, perhaps? A bladder malfunction, perhaps? Oh, gosh, in zero gravity. Can you imagine, folks? But, Ripley, what's, what's wrong? You see, I, um... I got into trouble. Oh, aye, aye. Have you been naughty again? You always were a headstrong member of our ping-pong champions league. Hey, speaking of that, did you did you still have that model of the Nostromo that our Sunday school built for you when we first left? Remember? The one made out of ping-pong balls. But we had to destroy the ship. Oh, did you? The children took 20 whole minutes on um, that. Was it becoming an encompass? We had to destroy the Nostromo. Wait, wait, what? What? The ship ship? Why? We found an alien creature who was very dangerous. And the only way we could stop it was to destroy the ship. It was the only way? We just couldn't risk bringing that thing home with us. Gosh, yes, you're right. Imagine if you'd come back to Creepy Cove for a big welcome back party and you brought some evil, dangerous alien in your cargo hold. That wouldn't go down well with a community, I would wager. So, so hang on, wait, I don't understand. Where are you now? You look like you're on a ship. Oh, is it one of those virtual Zoom backgrounds? Ah, oh, you've been picked up by a rescue ship, heading home to us, I see. I'm stuck on this lifeboat. Uh, what? Lifeboat? Wait, are you okay? Uh, I'm okay. Um, Ellen, you always were a very resilient human being, but, um, but may I ask, um, if the Nostromo is gone, surely you don't have enough fuel to get back here? Unless you're already close to... You are close, aren't you? How far? Long way out. No, it can't be. What, what are you saying? I needed to protect you. But, but what about you? How are you ever going to get back home to us, Ellen? Don't worry. Don't worry about me. That's impossible. We're, no, we're, we're planning on a big ping-pong party for your return. We're bringing your favorite cake. The green... I'm sure I'll see you very soon. No. No, wait, Ripley, your smile seems fake. You'll find a way, you've always found a way. And you said you'd sing your song at the ping-pong party, remember? You said you'd sing You Are My Lucky Star, you always sing that. And I hope you get to hear it one day. Oh, Ellen, I, I don't like where this is going, you're fading. Uh, the, the screen is starting to flicker. Please, Jackson, uh, oh, Blaston, uh, our free account with Zoom is going to force our meeting to end at any second. Ellen, please, please, there must be something we can do to bring you home. I love you, sweetheart. <laughs> don't go, please. She's gone. I don't know what to Switch that off. Oh, sorry. Um, other than... No. Other than I shall not let this rest until a solution has been found. So, I know, during the Bible reading, I will send a sternly worded text message to Wayland yutani Corporation that insists that they mount a rescue operation for our beloved Ellen Ripley. We will not leave it at this. Mark my words. 
So for now, uh, if you'll excuse me, I will go and compose that textual message while you hear some words from the, the Bible about our topic okay. tonight, which is some about, um, God, is God male? Go do that. I'm sorry, Peter. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay. Uh, right, everyone. Um, everyone, please keep uh, Ellen in your prayers as we move on to the Bible reading, which is from Galatians chapter 3 from the Bible. <laughs> and um, it's it goes a little like this. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Now, this is the main bit we want you to look at. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Peter. Very good. Um, I have sent the text message, by the way, and it is uh, whizzing through the ether as we speak, and I, I loaded it with the emojis, as I know that that's the best way to get your point across. But for now, we're going to explore this most interesting of ideas that was hinted at in the passage we just had read to us. Is God male? Oof, well, let's check it out. And um, I'm delighted to invite Claire Cockrell to speak to us. Put your hands together. Hello, Claire. Hi. Thank you, Rupert. Oh, thank you. I must say it's lovely to see you again. I think <laughs> the last time we met must have yes. been at the party at the party. Peter and Joy's, the that's, fancy dress one, the one right. you were dressed as Frankenfurter. <laughs> It was a lovely evening. Well, it's really lovely to be here with you all today at Creepy Cove Community Church. Some of you I recognise, some of you I don't, but I love look forward to connecting with you all. So to start with, I want to ask you to think about what comes to mind when you hear the word God. How do you picture God? And if you could see God filling out a questionnaire, when it came to the section that says, are you male or female or other, what box would be ticked? Typically, people tend to refer to God as male, as a man. Commonly, Christians pray to God the Father. Male pronouns are used. For example, he is Lord. Let us pray to him. And the incarnation of God in Jesus was in the body of a human man. So, is God male? Studies show that generally people tend to picture God as a man primarily as a white man. I've asked a number of people of different ages what God's gender is. And for the most part, they picture God as male. Even if they say, generally they would say God is genderless, they will picture him as a man. I asked my teenage son how he pictured God. He laughed, knowing that I would prefer a more pro progressive answer and said, to be honest, mum, he looks like the Simpsons God. Which, for those of you who might not have seen the God on the Simpsons, is a big elderly gentleman with a long white beard, although he is yellow. So I asked him, 
do you think then God is male? No, he said. But, yeah, probably. Okay. So for most people, yeah, God is male. I myself generally refer to God by default in masculine terms like he. So what? Well, I think the gender ascribed to God is important. Even if you don't really believe God exists. As it has and continues to have real consequences in all our lives and world today. For some, the fixed maleness of God can be deeply unhelpful. And in terms of biblical theology, I just don't think it's true to say the Bible says God is a man. So let's start with the Bible, a book that sadly has been used throughout Christian history to suppress and dominate women and other minority groups. What does the Bible actually say about God's gender? Well, let's go right back to the beginning. In Genesis 1 verse 27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So just pause for a second and forget that I've said he a number of times. I just want to really think about that verse. It says, and this is going right back, kind of the earliest written manuscript that the church has and um, also in, in Judaism as well, says that when God created people, God created people in God's image and God created those in male and female. So the biblical, very first biblical account of humankind is that it, both men and women were made in the image of God. That the image of God is in both men and women. And it doesn't say one was created in any way higher than the other. Now, further on in the Bible, we read in Deuteronomy, God described as a mother eagle and as one who gave birth. In Isaiah, God is described as a comforting mother, a breastfeeding mother and a woman in labor. In Hosea, God is described as a mother bear. And Jesus describes himself as a mother hen gathering her brood. Furthermore, there is a word in Hebrew used throughout the Bible, which is called rachum. Apologies for anybody who studies Hebrew that I've probably mispronounced that. But rachum is the word that means compassion. It is used over and over again in the Bible to talk about God's compassion. So it is a word that is often used to directly refer to God. So what has this got to do with God's gender? Well, the word rachum is derived from the word rechem. And the word rechem means womb. 
The Hebrew word rakam, the Hebrew word for compassion, is conveying the hugely emotional feeling a woman has for her children, those that she nurtured in her womb. For example, in Exodus 34, Yahweh, or God, is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love, meaning God is deeply moved like a woman for her baby. God is deeply moved like a woman in her womb. So we see a real sense of the feminine being used, perhaps as we've translated it, we've lost that, but that the Bible was always showing a femininity of God. And even more than this, the name of God revealed to Moses in the Bible, the the name Yahweh, meaning I am, is a combination of male and female grammatical endings. It starts with ya, which is feminine, and we is masculine. So God's word for God starts with feminine and ends with masculine. And most of the Hebrew uses of the word the Holy Spirit use the feminine. So, Do I feel the Bible is open to us approaching God as female? Yes, I do every bit as much as we can present her as male. So for those who might be concerned when approaching the subject of God, of what the Bible says about it, I feel very strongly that yes, the Bible sees God as male and female. Although, in many ways, also genderless. Now, some argue that this isn't the case because typically the Bible uses masculine language to refer to God. And this is true. Typically, it does. But the Bible was written in a patriarchal culture. It was written by men, to be read by men. Naturally, they would write in ways that would be familiar to themselves and their culture. That's what we would expect. Everybody writes as as how they see things at that moment in time. And so God is often referred to as a parent in the male term, father. Now, for those who have had an experience of a good dad, I think it's obvious why this term is used. I see the way my husband is with my boys and I think, yes, that's why people talk about God as father. Someone who has their best interests at heart, who loves them, who cares for them, Someone who will always have their back, no matter what. Who wants to be around them. Who would forgive them anything. I think that is what God the Father means. But many haven't experienced this. Many haven't had a positive experience of a father. Many have been hurt, abused or neglected by their father. How then are they 
supposed to relate to God as father. This is another reason I feel we need to move away from overly identifying God as a man. If God is a man and men have hurt us, then how do we relate to God? How is little Danny Torrance supposed to feel about God, his father? My father who art in the Overlook Hotel, insanity is thy name, though sometimes Johnny. Thy kingdom come, red rum be done on earth as it was in 1921. Give me today my daily strangling and forgive me for running as you try to chop me into little pieces. Deliver me from your axe, for thine is the alcoholism, violence and egotism forever and ever. Amen. Now I know this is extreme, but I personally find it hard to consider God as a father. I was raised by my mum. She was the one who cared for me, loved me, read me stories, told me off of being bossy with my brother, patching up my knees when I've fallen over. She was my experience of unconditional love. For me, all the positive, nurturing elements of parenthood were female. And so when I'm encouraged to think of God as my father, to be honest, I draw a blank. It's not that I have a negative reaction. It just feels pretty abstract, like thinking of God as my accountant. I don't really have an experience of an accountant, so equally, you know, it's just not there. But when I think of God as a mother, this brings up all of the memories and the feelings. I instantly connect with an image of someone caring, nurturing, watching over me both through my experience of being raised by a mother and of being a mother myself and how I love my children. And so this is not about me having any issues with men or is God being portrayed as a father. It's just not helpful to me. So as it's not helpful to me and as You know, we looked at the Bible. The Bible has no problem seemingly with us approaching God as a woman. So, surely, why don't I just relate to God as a woman? So, move over, Charlton Heston. Move over, Morgan Freeman. I want to visualize my God as feminine, caring, protective, strong and kick-ass like Ripley in Aliens. But can I? Not so easily. For centuries, we've been allowed to assign gender to God. We're allowed to make God a gender. As long as that gender is male... But to refer to God in the feminine is risking being accused of being unbiblical, of goddess worship. Typically, the main one is being new agey, of making God in your own image. So it's an ultimately selfish woman thing to do. Or even witchcraft. And although 
Jesus and the early church elevated the position of women. It seems that as faith became religion and religion became structured and organised, the usual patriarchal systems like that of Rome took over. We moved from a patriarchal Jewish society to a patriarchal Roman society. And like with much of history, women were dominated by men. In society, it was a benefit to those with power, typically that was white men, to keep God as a white man. Faith became organised and fell under the control of men and centuries of power struggles and the subjugation of women have continued. As women were devalued, so were female attributes. Females were not valued and as such neither was the feminine in God. As the feminine in God diminishes, so do the woman's rights to equality and round and round. There have been those throughout the history of the church who have upheld the feminine side of God. The Celtic church, who were less influenced by Rome, saw beauty in the feminine nature of God. And and still today, there are many prayers um, that talk about God as mother from that Celtic period. St Anselm, the 11th century Archbishop of Canterbury, prayed to Christ my mother and called God the Great Mother. Lady Julian of Norwich, the 14th century mystic, wrote, Just as God is our father, so God is also our mother. And in her writings she speaks of our precious mother Jesus. But sadly, these exceptions have been few and far between. The male view of God has been used to control and dominate. And this continues today. The message of a male God implies that men are those made in his image, that men are the default, whereas women are the second-class human. And this has consequences not just for those in churches, not just for those who believe in God, but for our whole world. For if a good majority of people believe that God is man, then men are allowed to act as gods. If God is a man, then man is God. So how then can we move away from this dominant white male God? The radical feminist theologian Mary Daly said, Why must God be a noun? Why not a verb? I think perhaps it's both. If we think of God not only as a noun but as a verb and we think of ourselves like this too, we move into a much more generous way of being. Creativity, imagination, personality, thought, care, beauty, wonder, curiosity, humour, passion, conviction and ultimately love. These things defy gender. And yet these are things that make us who we are. 
They defy gender, but they are that which gives us personhood. So too with God. Many times in the Bible, God is referred to as love. You may or may not relate to the idea of God, but I think most people uphold the value and concept of love. Love is without gender. Love is a verb, but for me, love is also a noun. It is not limited to my own understanding of it. I feel free to imagine love in any form I choose. I haven't been told which pronoun to use when referring to love. Perhaps we can approach the notions of God and love in the same way with complete freedom allowing them to be who they are and we be who we are. And I invite you now to join me in a short meditation. I want you to imagine you are walking into the terminal of an international airport. You go to the arrivals lounge you sit down for a moment on the chair. You've been asked to collect a passenger that you've never met before. All you know is the time they're arriving, the flight they're coming in on, and that the name of the passenger is Love. You have a big cardboard sign saying Love printed on it in large capital letters. You watch as people pass you by. Some look down at the sign. It is time and the doors open. Towards the lounge and passengers begin flooding through. What does love look like and how will you recognise them? Many people walk by, some glance at you, others rush straight to their loved ones. Then finally, Love is walking towards you. What does love look like? How does love approach you? Do you recognize love? What does it feel to see love in front of you? I hope you enjoyed the ride home. Thank you. Hands together for Claire. Thank you so much. Uh, You've given us a lot to think about. Well, before I hand over to the band, let's just stay in this airport for a moment as we have a brief moment of prayer. And remember, if you're not into God and prayer and all that sort of stuff, then do feel free to ignore this section or just use it how you will. Let's, let's give it a go. God, as we sit in this crowded airport, surrounded by people, we pray that you'll Help us to look beyond the stereotypes of who we expect to arrive, who we assume is the real you. We pray that we would find you as you are, not stomping towards us in anger and hate, but as someone who comes with love, someone who comes as love because you are love. May we get to know this God of love more and more in our lives. Of course, if you don't exist, 
Guess it doesn't matter much. But if you do, well, I think we'd all like a little more love in our lives. So perhaps that means we'd like a little more you. And God, if you really are there, and if you really do love us like we've heard, can you particularly help any of us who find this issue of gender to be really sensitive? Maybe we find ourselves questioning our own gender or we're stressed and scared about what people might think when we share who we are. Help anybody in that position to find loving voices around them who are ready to accept them. Maybe it's somebody we love. Help us to see people as more than just a label. And help us to see you as more than just a label. Because that's how you see us. Amen. Well, thank you for taking part in that. Now, um, I'm going to invite the band up now, and they're going to sing and lead us in uh, a new horror hymn, which is called, I understand, Blender. It's called, it's called Blender. And it's a song about uh, how sometimes the horror genre is not always great when it comes to gender stereotypes. Uh, so let's check it out. And uh, if you can all stand together, if you're able, and let's sing together this little song called Blender.
and horror when it's not sold as sensation is killing guys as monstrous with the fear of menstruation or the tropes of messed up motherhood and the final girl converging or the fact that pristine innocence can be only found in a virgin or the phallic use of weapons and the penetrating knife or the fact that the hero is the guy with a supplementary wife oh it must be so exhausting to see yourself on screen it's nothing but a crude cartoon based on what men have seen wait a sec the thing about horror as well as being old, it's also pretty new. There's more screen time here for women, at least more than Oscar winners seem to do. And these movies have some kick-ass women, and the genre's getting more inclusive by the day. But hey, there's still a way us to travel so don't be shocked if you see one and you say that's pretty messed up and it's pretty insane but if you pay some attention you'll see it again and again that the stereotypes of gender are just enough to send you mad maybe be a bit like God throw labels in the blender Labels in the blender. Well, can you put your hands together for the band? Thank you so much for that. Well, thank you for coming, everyone. It's been great to have you once again, and a special thank you to Claire for speaking to us this evening. If you enjoyed it, why not tell your friends about Creepy Cove or share us? on social media that'd be super nice but for now we're gonna have some fun mixing cocktails and testing out the new toilets and i suggest if you see boris karloff shuffle in with his iphone sticking up in video mode stop using that facility immediately thanks everyone goodbye uh, Peter. hey hey rupert rupert yes did you manage to get in touch with ellen ripley's no, company no no not yet but i am on the phone with the alien itself really Yes, I tried to contact the lifeboat ship that Ellen is in, and much to my surprise, it was answered by the alien. I must say I can't quite understand his intentions. Uh, well, put it, put it on speakerphone, maybe. Oh, yes, clever. Uh, one moment. Uh, 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 hello. Hello, Mr. Alien. Ripley told us that you killed her crew and are intent on coming back to Creepy Cove. Is that true? I'll be back. <laughs> Whoa. Good lord, she was right. The alien wow. xenomorph will return to Earth to destroy us all. Why do you want to kill us? Be my friend. Friend? Huh? That's not the way to make friends, friend. Killing is bad. You should be good. Yeah. Be good. Yes, precisely. I, I got it. Wait, wait, hello. Who is that? Is that who I think it is? Who's on the line? I'm E.T. Benheck, I knew it. So E.T. is the alien who destroyed the crew of the Nostromo. Look, if you think you're coming to Earth to kill us all, just remember we have some pretty big guns down here, all right? What are you going to do then, E.T.? Damn right. A bit calm, please. A little bit antagonistic. Look, Mr. E.T., what have you got against 
us humans. Oh, well, old chap, I think you'll find you've got a misguided view of how to express love on Earth. Perhaps you should listen to our recent service about the five love languages. Now, about my niece. Don't phone anyone. Not now. You're on the phone to us. Please, we need Ellen. We love her. Please. Don't you hang up, boy. He's, he's gone. Well, thank you for listening once again. If you want to explore more about me and Creepy Cove, visit peterlaws.co.uk where you can sign up to get a free book called Weird, which explains how I went from an anti-church horror fan to being a pro-horror church minister. And if you're willing, do check out the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash creepycove to see how you can help us keep making this show and keeping it free, as well as getting loads of cool extras. But thanks again for taking the time to check us out. Look after yourselves. Bye.